Welcome to our listeners. We very much appreciate you listening in to the PATC podcast. My name is Mark Waterfill. I am the president and owner of Public Agency Training Council. PATC, the country's largest and longest running provider of seminars and classes for those in public safety. With me is a co-host, David Broadway. Dave, uh, please introduce yourself. Surely. I'm 34 years law enforcement, retired now, adjunct professor at Western Carolina University. I've written a book, 10-7, a memoir of, um, of my career and uh, the effects it had on me. And I've been very, um, very fortunate to be an adjunct professor for also PATC and enjoy every moment of it. We're really happy to have George Perez with us today, one of the PATC instructors. Uh, George, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, everyone. Mark and David and, uh, you know, the PATC team. Thank you so much for the invitation. Super excited. My name is George Perez. I'm 23 years active law enforcement down here in, in uh, beautiful South Florida. I currently work for one of the uh, the eighth largest uh, agency of policing in, in the country down here in Miami-Dade. And so very proud of our agency and our, and our community down here in Miami-Dade County. Uh, like I said, 23 years on the job. 30, uh, 30 years married now to the same uh, beautiful woman, uh, my high school sweetheart, two beautiful children, 22 and, and uh, coming up on 20 now. So, uh, you know, they've added some extra gray hairs. Whatever the job hasn't added, they've definitely taken care of it. But we've been truly blessed with our family and our health. So we're very, very thankful. Uh, very proud to be a PATC uh, adjunct professor, you know, in the second half of my career now. It's really been a blessing to get an opportunity to work with the incredible instructors at PATC and just really make the networks and the connections with the students across the country in different agencies really truly been a blessing we certainly enjoy having you on our list of instructors you're a very dynamic instructor and the the students are always appreciate what you uh, provide tell our audience a little bit about the classes that you teach so currently for PATC, I'm, I'm very fortunate and very thankful to uh, to have the, the exciting opportunity to continue teaching internal affairs, officer discipline, accountability, reforms, leadership, as well as uh, first line supervision and management. Uh, these are two very important topics, you know, that are that are extraordinarily important to me, particularly in the, in the second half of my career and as a manager in an agency. You know, when we first begin our careers as law enforcement, our, our, our overriding priorities are sanctity of life and protecting our community and, and working with one as one with our community. And then as you progress through your career through management, you you kind of figure out, you know what, internal affairs, officer accountability reforms, ensuring that we're maintaining consistent uh, professional standards really becomes important. So I'm very passionate about internal affairs, teaching the different courses and assisting agencies and and private organizations. You know, we have a plethora of independent civilian panels now across the country that are getting into this mix. We have private investigators getting into this mix. So it's very exciting for me to be a, uh, to have a voice if you will, to be able to explain the, the importance of consistency and professional standards. What topics do you present in your internal affairs class? Wow. So we really go through a whole plethora. And what I, what I like about this internal affairs class, you know, having, having gone through internal affairs myself uh, through different capacities, either as a, as a you know, in, in different capacities in my career, you know, up, up into including being a major of the internal affairs, as well as the chief overseeing that particular division, um, is, is really, you know, the importance 
difference of consistency, right? So we, we, we developed this class with the investigator in mind, right up until including the individual who's going to be responsible for being the commander of this unit. And the reason why is because we, we present the class in a very practical way. You know, you can go to any other class and just talk about law all day long for a week, but how does that law actually apply to an internal affairs investigation from the perspective of the investigator and the commander, all the way up including to the CEO of the organization? So we talk about how standards impact internal affairs and the importance of that. You know, officers have standard operating procedures, if you will. Well, the agencies have the agencies have something called national best practices, whether it's CALEA or things of that sort, or, or statewide accreditation standards. Right, the importance of professional standards. We go over that in depth in the uh, in the internal affairs class. We talk about the review and the intake process of complaints. How does your organization stack up in terms of national best practices and how they receive and process complaints? And that's so important because that's the opportunity for us to get it right with the community. The community wants to be witnessed. Um, they either have an opportunity to commend an officer or in some cases they have an opportunity to to uh, get some uh, some uh, some opportunities to discuss with the CEO or, or their organization any any issues that they may have had with an officer whether it's a complaint and so the importance of having a consistent intake process we go over that we talk about officers bill of rights you know there's a there's across the country there's there are many many states that have a, they have a form of officer bill of rights and and a lot of times you know in other states that don't have this they're really tethered into national best practices and that's really important because that, that that impacts officers that impacts their careers, it impacts their families, and it also impacts the integrity of the investigations. We also go over our early warning systems. This is very important for me. Employee wellness is so important, and it's an opportunity for us to ensure that when we're conducting internal affairs, that we're conducting it in a way that's fair, it's equitable, right? It's comprehensive. But at the same time, um, we're not victimizing our community, and we're not victimizing our employees. The importance is to make sure that we get it right. And that's why internal affairs is so important, because you know we're fact finders. We want to make certain that we're getting all of the information. So we go over how this actually impacts the uh, the employees and what role internal affairs investigators play in that role. We go into labor relation and case laws. You know, we really have an opportunity to really dive into not just a practical, uh, you know, sense of how case laws, you know, uh, impact the internal affairs investigations. You know, things like implied Garrity and Garrity and Wingard and things of that sort. We go through the entire due process, very very in depth. And what I love about our internal affairs conference is that it's not just me presenting it from a practical perspective a user perspective and a management perspective. And then we also come back in and we delve in with with uh, my, my partner, Charles Braun, who's obviously uh, just an incredible attorney, you know, 40 plus years and an amazing professor. And he really, really goes down and deep into the minutia of these particular case laws and really has an opportunity to interact with our students. We also look at officer-involved shootings, critical incidents, and how internal affairs plays a role in that, what their role specifically is and how they're actually also going to uh, collaborate collaborate with, uh, in many states, you know, state agencies or third-party agencies who are going to investigate the criminality of those officer-involved shootings or some cases, criminal cases involving officers. And, you know, we also have to talk about workplace searches and social media. That is something that's so important right now, things that are getting a lot of our officers and employees and public sector employees in a lot of trouble these days is not what they do on duty, it's what they what they do off-duty. And there's a correlation there. There's a correlation there to the stressors of the job of the profession, very noble profession, but it comes with a lot of stressors. There's a lot of statistical information out there that 
shows clearly how this impacts our officers, right? So we we talk about social media policies, um, how you can conduct internal affairs investigations with regards to that, and also employee workplace searches. With the you know, with the advent of uh, technology, that's really, really, that's really, really taken a new role for internal affairs. You know, in yesteryears, when you may have had a complaint uh, involving a, a user account or an anonymous user account or an anonymous number, things of that sort, in yesteryears, it was pretty much well, we weren't able to, you know, assign attribution to that particular account. In today's life, in today's IA investigators' perspective, um, you know, they have the ability to to really collaborate with cyber crime units, you know, and and technology units that can go ahead and actually peel back that anonymity uh, or that anonymous identity and actually provide attribution to those accounts. And so that's very important. Also, how that impacts our community. You know, I, I always make sure to to tell our students, you know, when they're in internal affairs, and we talk a little bit about ethics. I don't bore them to death with ethics, right? But we can't start an internal affairs class without ethics. Uh, we are truly, truly in in the most opportune point of an organization as internal affairs investigators uh, to get it right. This is an opportunity that's very uh, public forward facing and how the community feels once they leave our internal affairs units, right? Knowing that the individual assigned to that unit has the capacity, has the training, and that has the backing of the organization to get their, their uh, professional standards right is very important. So ethics clearly plays an important role in our internal affairs. You know, any chief of police will tell you that the ability to tell the community that they've directed the internal affairs to conduct an, an inquiry into a matter of concern for the community really brings a lot of peace to the community. But that peace comes because they trust and there's an established trust and there's a sense of fair access. And that's what we can't lose. And that's why internal affairs is so important. Uh, George, I have a quick one for you. Um, teaching at Western Carolina, I, sometimes I have a mix of police officers in there trying to um, obtain their g- degree, but most of them are kids. And uh, one of the things I talk about, and by the way, I worked for FDLE for 24 years, so I got down your way quite a bit. And uh, But one of the things I talk to them about is the Garrity thing. And uh, they find that such a strange brew that police officers under the Policeman's Bill of Rights and all that and the Garrity issues comes into play in every internal investigation you work with. And having been a uh, subject of internal affairs a couple of times in my career, always cleared, by the way, always cleared. But um, I can tell you it, it was greatly appreciated. But how do you broach that? Let's say you got a new person in your class going in the, into internal investigations. And uh, at a kinder and gentler agency, Mark, you'll like this. We called it executive investigations. We didn't call it internal investigations. But anyway, when, when you bring a new person in there and explore, start explaining guarantee, where do you see where the wraparound gets kind of around the abs- uh, the axle with these guys coming in that wants to do right and, and trying to understand how to play the Garrity game? That's a great question, David. You know, we get that question a lot because we're, we're very blessed with PATC to have a broad audience, you know, whether it's a an attorney that's coming to the class or folks from district attorneys, um, Office of Inspector Generals, all the way up to the new officer who's just wanting to go to internal affairs, but wants to learn about it before they actually interview. And those that are just now being assigned to internal affairs, you know, unfortunately, we're still in a, we're, we're still in, in a society in our profession where a, a lot of times 
things. You know, CEOs will place an officer into internal affairs or a supervisor into internal affairs and say, congratulations, you're going to internal affairs and here's your first case, right? That still occurs, unfortunately, I find. Um, but that new officer, the biggest, the biggest analogy that I could provide them is this, right? So when you become a sergeant, it's the most difficult transition in command that you'll ever make, right? Lieutenant and so on becomes so much more easier. But when you become a sergeant from an officer, it's the most difficult. Same holds true with investigations. So in investigations, you know, as a criminal investigator, you're so accustomed to, you know, going through the constitutional rights and then that's not an issue. The biggest the biggest jump for them is now understanding that it's a little different than conducting a regular criminal investigation. Now you have certain labor laws that you have to be considered as well because you're investigating a public servant, uh, a public employee. And so the biggest way to, to get that point across them is this. Listen, we're after the truth, right? So Garrity is is nothing more than an opportunity to 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 provide that security, that immunity once a decision is made that criminal, uh, you know, their, their information or their statements, you know, for, for instance, are not going to be held against them or utilized against them, you know, for criminal purposes with obvious, obvious exceptions such as perjury. And so once they see that and they understand that, that it's not it's not something to replace Miranda, for instance, it's simply saying that, hey, Miranda is your constitutional right, right? But Garrity, this is something that is provided to law enforcement or, or public uh, government employees because the employer happens to be the one who's who's questioning you. So this is an added protection, you know, for for public employees in 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 this capacity. So once they understand that, they get it. Now, you know, there's always there's always organizations that prefer to provide Garrity to both witness officers as well as subject employees, and that's something that's beginning to increase in in occurrences, right? And so that's not something that's the norm, but it's something that some agencies are in fact doing. And they're Can I interrupt you, absolutely. George, and ask you something to expand the uh, something else? Able training now is 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 kind of big and upcoming and things like that. How are you um, preparing or have you had to deal with able training or able um, oh say um, able uh, training with um, with officers that are coming in and going to be a witness or step in into a witness situation that involving guarantee there their their opinions on policy procedure and law and then coming in do you have anything to add to that no it's still something that's emerging you know we haven't really seen too yeah. much of it yet in in the classes um there are some there are some questions here and there and so on and so forth but i mean nothing really significant that's really come and actually impacted our internal affairs classes as of yet so george what do you emphasize in your leadership class Oh, absolutely. Listen, this is this is a great class. And I, and I thank you, uh, you know, Mark and PATC for giving me the opportunity, you know, to to put this class together. You know, my gosh, so many years ago, when I went to my first line supervision class, I had been a had been a sergeant already for a few years. And there were people in my class uh, that had been a sergeant for 15, 20 years, and they had never gone to a first line supervisor class. It's like one of those things that agencies want to check off and say that they do, but do they actually follow through and do it right? And in some states now, like in Texas, it's actually become law, you know, and man, Mandatory, rather, you know, mandatory uh, curriculum that they must attend first line supervision class. So one of the things that we focus on is obviously the job classification. We focus so much on taking a promotional exam, and we do a great job as agencies across the country and in, in wanting our, our individuals to become supervisors. And we give them the promotional exams and all the material they need to learn and review to take that promotional exam and hopefully pass it. But once they get assigned, you know, what training actually goes to it? You know, it still happens across this country where new, newly promoted sergeants, for instance, or newly promoted managers um, get on-the-job training. 
So we really go over what the job classification is, what the overviews are. We talk about, you know, what the expectations of the organization are and what the expectations of the community are. And when I say community, I mean both the community that we're working for and the community of our officers that we're working with, right? And so that's very, very important that we, we go over those specific items there. Managing expectations is always very, very important to the organization, subordinates in the community, but also uh, leadership and effective skill ma- skill management. Uh, these, are, these are very important for newly promoted uh, leaders and organizations. To, to really hone in on and see what works with, with, their, with their particular uh, troops. Um, we, we go over employee development and productive, uh, for productive outcomes. We talk about effective writing strategies. This is an area here. It's very important. We do so much training on, on all other disciplines as law enforcement, but we do a very poor job sometimes in training our officers and our supervisors and our managers to effectively write, whether it's an effective police report or it's an, uh, or reviewing effective police reports prepare, or reviewing effective uh, arrests affidavits, search warrants, and things of that sort, but also, you know, ensuring that we're able to write as supervisors and managers effective use of force reports. Um, how are we dealing with complaints? Are we training our supervisors on how to deal effectively with the management of complaints, whether, you know, they're administrative complaints or a complaint for discourtesy, for instance, of a, of a community member. So we go over those. We talk about processing administrative complaints, how that actually works. We find oftentimes one of the biggest complaints we get in internal affairs is newly promoted individuals will call internal affairs and say, hey, I've got this situation. This person's coming into work tardy. Um, they've been a little discourteous at times here, but I don't want to step on anybody's toes. You know, is that something you all want to handle, right? And that happens oftentimes because we haven't trained our first-line supervisors or our newly promoted uh, leaders in the organization. So we talk about how that works. We also talk about... Um, you know, grant writing, okay, believe it or not, you know, crime reduction plans. Very, very seldomly are, are our new leaders, you know, provided training on how to actually prepare a document uh, for funding or prepare an action plan on how to deal with, you know, particularly, uh, 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 let's say, uh, a gun reduction plan or an element of criminality that's occurring in a particular area. You know, our newly promoted supervisors are being assigned traces. It might be for speeding. It might be for, you know, some crime concern that's occurring in a particular community. Um, so we train them on how to actually effectively write this and also write it from the perspective of what their CEOs are looking for. In terms of funding, grants are an incredible opportunity. And it's really a space that if you're a new leader and you can really uh, capitalize on this on this niche, if you will, in your organization, you really ultimately end up being a go-to person, right? Everybody wants but, money. Well, that, that's great. And, and I'd also remind our audience, we have a separate entire two-day grant writing uh, class as well. But George, uh, you're uh, an incredible asset to our company. We really appreciate our affiliation with you. You're an excellent instructor, and uh, we really appreciate you being here on the PHTC podcast. Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you, Dave. Truly, you, truly been an awesome experience today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at podcast one at gmail.com. One, two.